The following CannabisRadio.com program contains explicit language and content that can be considered graphic and offensive. This program is not suitable for all audiences, and the opinions expressed do not reflect those of CannabisRadio.com, its staff, management, or sponsors. Listener discretion is advised. You can put your weed in there. Stone is Oh, check this out. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful. A lot of people don't realize this, but you can put your weed in there. This is the Stoner Jesus Show on CannabisRadio.com. It's my Greg here, Poontang, if I can use a medical term. Man, oh, man. You're gay. There's no facts in, in the church. Oh, yeah. Holy crap. Don't try to debate me on something. Motherfucker, I can't do many things well, but words are my shit. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, hoes? Stoner Jesus Show Live, Chapter 3, Verse 2. I'm here, Stoner Jesus, of course. Find me in many places. All of them coalesce at stonerjesus.net. All my social media stuff is there. That's awesome. You check that out. Audio shows, links, uh, page with all the links to all the live streams we've done on Periscope. All of that. We found at stonerjesus.net. If you want to email the show, stonerjesus420 at gmail.com. If you're on Facebook and you're a fan of the show, search Disciples of Stoner Jesus on Facebook. Join our group of hardcore fans of the Stoner Jesus Show. A lot of stuff going on tonight. Of course, we're live on Twitter and Periscope at Stoner Jesus 420. Make sure you subscribe. Follow me on Periscope. Get those notifications so you know when we go live tonight. Talking about Mia Khalifa. Because uh, she has a connection to the show. Also, Fredo, Democratic Socialist, a clumsy burglar, baby stuck in a hot car, and more. There's all kinds of shit going down. Son as the kids say, make sure you check out stonerjesus.net. Before we get to anything else, Mia Khalifa. You may have seen that Mia Khalifa's been in the news lately. She's uh, not doing porn anymore, apparently. I did not know that. Now I do. I guess that's one of the reasons that she uh, she's doing public stuff and all that is to get the word out that uh, she's no longer in the biz, as they say. So we got a couple of clips from that interview, a new interview she did online with a friend of hers. And I posted it on Twitter. It's a link. Uh, you can find it on sternjesus.net as well. Uh, my interview with Mia Khalifa. Now, according to this file, uh, it was November 17th, 2014. So almost five years ago, I interviewed Mia Khalifa. I'll play you a little bit of that interview before we play her new one. Not the whole thing. because it's a 19-minute clip. So we're not getting all that. But we... I will play some. We will play some. I will play some. So all the interns are gone. Everybody's gone home. It's just me. No help whatsoever. So I'll play a little bit of that interview. I haven't listened to it in a long time. Um, I do remember some things from it. I remember at the time she was just on the cusp of exploding on social media and the porn business. She was just getting into porn. She had played some pranks on some college football players and that got her in the news and then 
one of these guys, I think from Florida State or something, uh, slid in her DMs, which back then that was the first time I ever heard that phrase. And she screenshotted it and put him on blast, as the kids say. So she was getting famous. Her Twitter was blown up. It was getting thousands of new people every day. So I read her and on off chance that she might be interested and said, would you like to do an interview? And she did. And it was a couple weeks later she stopped doing interviews. She was getting death threats and stuff like that. And she was having some problems. But I was able to get an interview with her just as she got super famous. She was like number one on porn up for a long time. She's still up there even though she hasn't done porn in forever. Um, so anyway, here is some of my interview with Mia Khalifa from November 17th, 2014. Do the best I can. <laughs> Sergey July, this should be Mia. Mia, is that you? Yes, sir. Awesome. We are live on the air. Stern G just show live. Uh, welcome to the show. Hi. <laughs> and as I was telling my listeners, your voice is a little messed up. Saturday night was an exciting oh, night. No, I completely lost my voice at the game. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I won't I won't uh, keep you too long. I mean, I want to hit the uh, you know the high points of what we want to talk about, but I know what it, the way it is with the voice. I've done radio with a fucked up voice, and it's. It's not fun. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so, obviously, you're excited about Saturday night. It was a big night for Florida State. A huge night. Huge night. The marching band was amazing. It was so nice to hear them rocking jokes out. Shout out to Cameron, the trumpet player. <laughs> I can hear him over everybody else. <laughs> Lost my voice mainly singing along to the war chant. <laughs> And yelling at Miami fans. I almost got punched in the face a few times. <laughs> really, I was going to ask you about the uh, the feedback from Miami fans, especially at the game. Was uh, was there a lot of hostility? There was a lot of hostility. I actually saw a few fights almost break out in the parking lot after the game. Some loudmouth Florida State players. I was not one of them. I, I mean, I was getting death threats at the game. People were yelling at me saying, I hope get raped by your racist quarterback on your way home. I'm like, the only thing he raped wow. Down. Wow. Down. <laughs> um, so I mentioned you got a lot of that on Twitter as well. Uh, after Saturday night, did it kind of slow down or did it get worse? No, it actually got worse. Uh, <laughs> bitterness breeds hostility. So, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't too fun, but uh, we won. So they can't really say anything except talk shit about me. So, can I say shit? Oh, yeah. Can I say shit? I'm sorry. Oh, absolutely. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, so as I was also mentioning to my listeners, uh, you are an adult film actress with bangbros.com. How'd you get started in that? Um, I actually got, um, approached leaving work one day, uh, editors for, um, a company called Scoreland approached me and asked me if I would be interested in doing some work for them. And I looked them up afterwards, saw that they were a porn site and I thought, yeah, why not? I mean, I've always, I've always thought about doing it, um, never really knew the resources on how to approach it, never really thought about it too in depth, but once I was approached, I was like, why not? <laughs> I just got a boob job, I feel great about myself, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, by the way, whoever did uh, whoever did your boob job, if you want to give him a shout out, that's uh, that's some magnificent work. Yes, Dr. Leonard Rudner in Coral Gables, he is absolutely amazing, amazing. <laughs> absolutely. 
Um, so porn, uh, is this something that's, uh, that's still a lot of fun or is it becoming a job or is it something you think you'll do for a while? No, it, 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 it hasn't felt like a job yet. Um, I absolutely love it. I love the industry. I love the people in it. Bang Bros is so good to me. They are absolutely fantastic, treating me like a princess. Same with Scoreland, the company I worked with beforehand. They are, it's just absolutely amazing. And the thing that shocked me the most is how safe the industry is. Yeah. Yeah, we see a lot of the uh, a lot of the stories in the in the news about you know. Anyway, that was our interview. That was Mia Khalifa on November seventeenth, two thousand fourteen, almost five years ago, at the height of her. She was just about to get to the height of her fame over the next few weeks. After that, she really blew up on social media and and, and, and Pornhub and things places like that. What's up, Almighty Sleaze, in the chat area? Uh, yeah, I am live now. That was an interview we did five years ago with Mia Khalifa. On the show, apparently she doesn't do porn anymore. That was a shock to me. I had no idea. Apparently there's a lot of misconceptions that she wanted to clear up, so she did an interview recently with a friend of hers that's been all over YouTube. I got a couple clips of that. But I just wanted to play a little bit of her back then. You can find the whole clip, as I said, on SternJesus.net, our full interview from 2014 with Mia Khalifa. And back then she was, you know... Seemed excited about the porn industry. She says now she only made about twelve grand from the porn industry. She talks about it at one point in one of these, the one part of this interview. I don't know if it's on one of these clips or not, but in the full interview, she talks about her Instagram getting shut down, two million people, you know, her line of of income being shut down, and then the the series of jobs, bad jobs that she's had since then. Anyway, both of these clips are from her YouTube. And they both start with her talking to the camera at first and giving you a little background on, you know, who she is and telling you to subscribe and all that good shit. This is about her being recruited to the porn industry. Now, you just heard her talking to me five years ago saying she was approached, you know, well, one day leaving work and bam, I got new titties and let's go do some porn. That sounds like a good idea. She's got some perspective on it now and apparently it was not the uh, the great experience that uh it seemed to be or that she made it out to be at the time. Hey y'all, so what you're about to watch is a small clip from a lengthy interview I did with my friend Megan. And in this clip, I talk about the ultimate decision that led me to do porn. I hope you enjoy it. And if you do, go check out the full video. So there you go. So after college, I moved to Miami. Okay, so you graduate, you move to Miami. What's, I'm, I'm always curious, like emotional state. What's your like feeling at this point moving to Miami? excited to get out of El Paso so I didn't want to go to the West Coast and I was familiar with the East Coast but New York's cold and expensive yeah. and I did not want to go back to DC and I wanted somewhere warm so I chose Miami all through college so I, I had I started to lose weight my senior year of high school and the weight loss continued all through college until I got to be about no I was way skinnier than this actually I got down to like 98 pounds uh, and because I was eating extremely unhealthy, I was like, it was bad. I was not eating basically. Uh, I gained a little bit of weight back, but the first thing to go was my boobs hmm. and my boobs were probably, I still have my like bra from high school just because I like to hold it up sometimes and go, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing to go was my boobs. And it wasn't just like, oh, now I have tiny perky oh, yeah, boobs. I, like, I looked like I had four kids and I was, <laughs> what, 20 years old? It was so detrimental to my self-esteem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hated 
being in a bikini. Like I couldn't wear certain things. I couldn't even wear a bra without like the excess skin showing. Uh, so through college, I saved up for breast augmentation. Mm -hmm. After I got to Miami about uh, like four to six months into living there uh, is when I made the appointment. The entire time I was, you know, doing consultations, weighing out which doctor I wanted to go to, all that stuff. And finally I chose the doctor, got it done. And I woke up from the surgery and I was like, wow, I'm pretty. Really? Yes. Is that the first time you can remember feeling pretty? Yes. But it was a very unhealthy kind of pretty. Like a pretty where I needed to be told I was pretty. Like I needed that attention because I never got it in high school and I didn't really get it in college because I dressed extremely frumpy. Three weeks to four weeks after my surgery, I was walking uh, down the street in Miami. Uh, it was just like a shop. I was actually walking across from a Pier 1 Imports to like a restaurant across the shopping center. Mm -hmm. And a car literally stops dead on its tracks mm -hmm. and rolls the window down. And they're like, you are so gorgeous. Would you like to model for me? Like, can I give you my card? And, you know, me, I'm like, me? Are you serious? Really? Yeah. Me? Yeah. So I take their card and I go home and I look at it and... I Google what it is, and it's a porn company. So that kind of drives what she told us in the 2014 interview that we did with her. This next clip uh, has the same kind of intro, uh, probably the same intro exactly. It's about her um, finding a job after getting out of the porn industry and how tough that was. Hey, y'all. So what you're about to watch is a hey, clip from the interview I did with my friend Megan. In this clip, I talk about what it was like for me to adjust after I decided to leave porn. Uh, it wasn't oh, so it was all okay. sunshine and different flowers. Intro. It was actually very difficult to get back into the workforce. And if you enjoyed this clip, go check out the full interview where I go more into detail about what my life has been like. So you give the letter and then what? It was terrifying because I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I had a huge gap period in my resume. Yeah, I didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, they came at me with uh, an offer to kind of still be making money while I figured out what I was going to do and found a job, um, which was to keep the link uh, to the site in my bio on Twitter and Instagram uh, for as long as I could. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that, which is why I also kept my Instagram because it was my main source of income, just having that link in my bio. Mm -hmm. My first job after porn was a paralegal for an insurance defense firm. <laughs> what? Why? What? Wait, and that, was that just because like, oh, here's a job and I can get that? Did you know somebody? No, I literally went and online. What did you do there? Were you like an admin? Like a receptionist? What were you doing? Basically, I was the paralegal for the attorney. It's just... Uh, you know, I scheduled, uh, you know, I submitted all of his court paperwork. I fielded phone calls. I scheduled all his meetings, got his lunch. Um, and then... Did they know who you were? Yes. Okay. They did. All of the men in the office knew who I was. Did they say stuff? One of them did. And it made me highly uncomfortable. And, you know... People would look at me weird. It wasn't a big office. It was, you know, six attorneys and 
one receptionist and six paralegals. But six months into that job, they dissolved the company. It went mm. under. Mm. Uh, so I had to find a new job. Mm -hmm. And uh, after that also, you know, being unemployed lengthened the time that I kept the link in my bio and kept, you know, the whole online persona going. After, you know, that two months of unemployment, I finally found another job and I was a bookkeeper for a uh, construction general contract, general contracting firm. Mm -hmm. And I was terrible. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, their books have never been, I, I think they're still trying to fix their books after I me. I cannot imagine you. Oh God, I feel so bad for them. Bless their hearts. Yeah. Um, Bless their hearts. In that two months of unemployment, I, my heart dropped one day. I woke up and my Instagram was hacked. I had 2 million followers. Uh, it was my main source of income because of the link in my bio. My mm -hmm. Twitter was fine, but my Instagram got hacked and it had been hacked by ISIS. Uh, after it had been hacked, everything on the page had been erased <gasps> and they were posting propaganda on it. And after about a week of that, Instagram noticed and they completely shut the page down. I hate being looked at. I hate being noticed. I hate being uh, recognized. It makes me wildly uncomfortable. And it makes me scared to even like go get packages from my leasing office when I'm alone. Because anytime I can avoid having people recognize me, I will avoid it. And if that means never leaving my house, great. I love my dogs. So I get that she's uncomfortable with fame and that that sucks because you see she's trying to fit into all these quote unquote normal jobs <clears throat> and she's having problems. And in the meantime, her online persona is still intact as a super famous porn star, but she doesn't like being recognized and she doesn't want to use her fame to make money, even though that's what would make her the most money and give her the best quality of life and give her the easiest life. But she would have to be, you know, out there and be seen and maybe some crazy motherfuckers in the Middle East still want to kill her or whatever. I don't know, but it's a, uh, it's rough. It's rough. I don't know what else to say. Five years ago, she was like on top of the world and we were talking to her and she was just about to blow up and she had mad followers and all that shit. And apparently it didn't turn out very well. She said she made about 12 grand and the whole porn thing, which uh, I mean, I don't know those videos, those videos on Pornhub alone, tens of millions of, of views. She didn't get anything out of that. She talked about how great in the bad interview back then, how great Bang Bros were. Apparently they weren't too great. They weren't giving her any fucking money. So I don't know. It's, uh, it is what it is, but I, I wanted to bring it to you because like I said, we did an interview with her five years ago and it was one of the bigger interviews we did. Got a lot of hits obviously because her social media was blowing up at the time. Uh, then not soon after she unfollowed us and stopped doing interviews and apparently she stopped, dropped out of porn altogether. Uh, Apparently that's the reason why, because I tried to get her back on the show after, you know, she got even bigger and there was more crazy shit going on and I couldn't get back into contact with her. But we do have that interview with Mia Khalifa from 2014 up on stonerjesus.net. Just search Mia Khalifa and you will find it. All kinds of shit at stonerjesus.net, audio, social media links, all that stuff. You can watch us live, of course, or on demand at stonerjesus420 on Twitter and on Periscope. Make sure you follow us on Periscope. And you get that little notification shit going. Be awesome of you. Our awesome sponsor, Hemptations, of course. I have a little television interview, a little sale interview for them. For those of you in the Cincinnati area and then the other regular, regularly scheduled promos and whatnot. Coming up, we're talking about Fredo. 
uh, some crazy shit at the Democratic Socialist Convention, some really hilarious shit, and a clumsy burglar that everyone's making fun of. Dude is just trying to make a living robbing stores. <laughs> These people, they won't leave him alone. I don't think clumsiness is quite the word for this dude. Anyway, Stern Jesus Show Live, Chapter 3, Verse 2. It's August 19th, 2019. We're doing a live. Dick Nuggets, we'll be back. Temptation celebrates 24 years of being your hemp source, and that includes 10 years of selling CBD. So get into Hemptations for the store-wide anniversary sale between August 30th to Labor Day, September 2nd. Everything for 20% off or higher. Hemptations has the largest selection of hemp on the planet, including your trusted source for CBD supplements. Go to Hemptations.com for more info. Having Hemptations for 24 years. The Stoner Jesus Show on CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis use isn't the only thing growing. So are we. Grow with us. CannabisRadio.com Learning the benefits of proper nutrition, supplementation, and personal development to live a healthy and abundant life. Awaken, adjust, and aspire. High on Healthy. Mondays on demand. Only on CannabisRadio.com Pear Savant speaks to patients, advocates, and professionals to keep you informed on all the latest trends and advancements in the medical cannabis industry on Alternative Talk, presented by AlternativeVibes.com. Tuesdays on demand, only on CannabisRadio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. The Tommy Chong Show on Cannabis Radio. You got me running. You got me hiding. Run, hide, and hide, run, and any way you won't let her roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got me doing what you want me, baby. Girl, what you want me to do? Shut up and do a podcast as I want you to do. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. The following CannabisRadio.com program contains explicit language and content that can be considered graphic and offensive. This program is not suitable for all audiences, and the opinions expressed do not reflect those of CannabisRadio.com, its staff, management, or sponsors. Listener discretion is advised.
Yeah. Yeah, bitch. Stir Jesus Show Live, Chapter 3, Verse 2. We're live on Twitter and Periscope at Stern Jesus 420. If you want the audio version of the show, social media links, other information on the show, of course, stonerjesus.net. Go check us out there. Seek and ye shall find, as the saying goes. A couple of things we're talking about during this segment. I guess it really doesn't have a theme. I try to make a theme, but no. It's just three stories. It's just three funny things. The first one, of course, is Fredo. CNN anchor Chris Cuomo is called Fredo, and he freaked the fuck out about it. Of course, it's hilarious, especially for God, fans of The Godfather, of which I am one. The first two, because Fredo didn't make it to three. <laughs> um... But Fredo, his character, is just oh man, he fucks up so much. He like he's he's fumbling with his gun while his father's getting shot, and he fucks up in uh, Las Vegas, and then he fucks up and betrays his brother, and he fucking gets shot in a boat. It's a, Fredo has a rough, rough life, and um, apparently Chris Cuomo takes that to mean. Well, he he says it's an Itali- it's a slur against Italians to call an Italian. Fredo, check it out. What are you going to do about it? I'll ruin you. I'll throw you down. It's like a punk. I thought, I thought that's who you were. No, punk-ass bitches from the right call me Fredo. My name is Chris Cuomo. I'm an anchor on CNN. Oh, you're much- Fredo is from the Godfather. He was that weak brother. I'm smart. Not like everybody says. Like dumb. I'm smart. And I want respect. <laughs> And they use it as an Italian excursion. <laughs> Any of you Italian? Are you Italian? I got, I got a it's a insult to your people. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. It's an insult to your people. It's like the N-word for us. Damn guineas really make me laugh. Damn guineas really make me laugh. It's the N-word for Italians. You can insult me like that. I didn't insult you. You call me Fredo. It's like I call you... The guy says he thought his name was Fredo. I'm bitch, you like that? You want well, that to be your nickname? I didn't call you that. I, I, you called me Fredo. You know my name is Fredo. Don't tell me you're innocent. Because it insults my intelligence. I thought your name was. You did not think my name was Fredo. Don't be a liar. I thought your name I was Fredo. I thought you down the fucking steps. Oh, fuck. I'm standing up, man. I want to be a man up here. Then act like a man. I'll fucking ruin your shit. I'll throw you down these fucking stairs. Go Michael on your ass. I might even go Sunny on your ass. He's smart. He's not dumb. Like everybody says, he's smart. Somehow trying to hang on to the fame of his father in order to have some level of relevancy. Steve was right. He didn't even make the cut that his brother-in-law and sister did to be part of the uh, Oval Office and the White House staff. Uh, Daddy kept Fredo back home. So who cares for Donald Trump? Oh, 
It's a slur. It's a slur. It's like the N word for Italians. Fredo. <laughs> Poor Fredo. <laughs> if you've never seen the Godfather movies, he, he had a rough couple fucking movies. I mean, the scenes he's in. Wow, just go, just go watch if you haven't seen him. I mean, I don't know what else to say. He's Fredo, and uh, he's. But you can't say it with the hard O. <laughs> it's a slur. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Uh, Democratic Socialists, apparently they're a fucking thing. And they had a, um, uh, I don't know, a convention or something. And a lot of funny shit happened. This is also a Daily, Call Daily Caller video as the last one was. Because uh, they, they cut these together pretty well. Especially this one. This is actually actual people saying actual things at a national convention for the Democratic Socialists. Right, right uh, quick point of privilege. Quick um, point of personal privilege. Yes. Um, guys, uh, first of all, James Jackson, Sacramento, he, him. I just want to say, can we please keep the chatter to a minimum? I'm one of the people who's very, very prone to sensory overload. There's a lot of whispering and chatter going on. It's making... It's a big... It's if, you're, if you're listening to the audio version of this, it's a big convention hall with a lot of people. It's a convention. You would... You hear the word convention, you get a certain picture conjured in your mind. Well, that's what I'm looking at right now. It's a lot of people in chairs. At the front of the room, there's like a little dais, and there's like tables with some people who are apparently important, and there's a big projector screen. This motherfucker is prone to sensory overload. So he wants the ch the whispering. The whispering! You see what the fucking problem is here? How detached these people are from reality? We've gone from, hey, don't be a fucking Nazi, that's an awful thing to do, to, hey, can you not whisper in my hearing because I have, I'm prone to sensory overload? Jesus fucking Christ. Matter of fact, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I went overboard. I'm sorry. Got a little loud, got a little angry. It's fine, I'm working on it. I can still work on myself. I'm coming up on my 40th birthday. I can improve as a human being. I know some of you out there are listening. You're prone to sensory overload. Sometimes I get a little loud. Sometimes I'm a little obnoxious. I'm, I'm going to tell you it's okay. If you're prone to sensory overload, you need to turn up the volume, get real close, get your headphones on tight, however you're listening to this show. Because I want you to hear me and what I'm about to say. Because I'm here for you. If you have sensory overload... Well, fuck you, son. That's right. Bam. Loud in your ear, bitch. Go cry about it. You fucking pussy. <laughs> anyway, uh, more of these fucking pussies. It's very difficult for me to focus. Please, can we just... I know it's we're all fresh and ready to go, but... It's difficult for him to focus because you motherfuckers are whispering. Can we please just keep the chatter to a minimum? It's affecting my ability to focus. Thank you. Oh, Thank God. you, comrade. Okay, is there Thank you, comrade. You know what else affect your ability to focus? Me smacking you in the fucking mouth. There is a speaker against name, point chapter, pronoun. Privilege. Point of personal privilege. Yes. Yes. Please do not use gendered language to, to address everyone. Yeah. Okay. Quick point of privilege once again. Quick point of privilege once this again. again. Hi, James Jackson, Sacramento yeah, yeah. DSA. Sensory overload guy again. He, he him. I have already asked people. He, him. He has his pronoun. 
people to be mindful of the chatter of their comrades who are sensitive to sensory overload. And that goes double for the heckling and the hissing. It is also triggering to my anxiety. Oh my like, God. The be comradely doesn't just, isn't. These are real people. These are real people. Hissing is triggering his anxiety. Whispering is triggering his sensory overload problems. Just for like, you know, let's keep things civil or whatever. It's so that people. You imagine the people that raise this motherfucker? Can you imagine the people that raise this motherfucker? This person who is he, him, who is not ready for life. He can't handle whispering in a convention hall. How is he going to navigate actual life? People aren't going to get triggered and so that it doesn't affect their performance as a delegate, okay? Your need to express yourself is important, but your need to express yourself should not trump or over... Like, I see that no one's clapping for me. It could be because I'm not engaging, but it also is because everyone's doing this. And that's really important because those loud bursts of noise, even though this is a noisy space, when we can do something like reducing that, that's really important. So please don't clap, shoot up these. I guess you're supposed to give spirit fingers in the air. I couldn't, it's kind of cut off. Surely couldn't tell what he was doing. He could have been flipping everybody off, but I doubt it. It was probably more like spirit fingers or jazz hands. If I had to guess, we have a lot of disabled comrades and uh, a lot of those. Boy, boy, you ain't lying, son. <laughs> you have a lot, a lot of disabled comrades. I, I would peg it at about 85% in that room. Disabled comrades. You're goddamn right, son are invisible disabilities. You don't know who it is. Yeah, invisible disabilities like brain damage. Uh, that is having a more difficult time navigating this space, and this space was not created with all of their needs in mind, so it's up to us to modify that space. Because that's impossible. You can't, you can't modify a space that big for everyone with everyone's needs in mind. It's called fucking real life. Fucking Poindexter to make sure that uh, everybody is able to move in the ways that they need to move. It's a real um, person. And, and additionally with the, um, the noise issue, he like him. avoid hissing, avoid waving banners, right? Um, because those, there's, there's all sorts what? of things. What? Waving banners? What's wrong with that? Jesus Christ. We're going to have this big national convention, this big political rah-rah fucking thing, but I need you all to sit on your fucking hands and stare straight ahead and try not to breathe too loud. If you don't know what to do, show up these, right? I'm sure there's lots of ways that we can communicate to each other without needing to rely on something uh, that's going to hurt somebody else. We have quiet rooms that are available. There's a range of options of these, right? Please don't go into that space with anything that's like an aggressive scent, for instance, right? Because we don't want to put people... An aggressive scent. An aggressive... Sent that person, he, him, he, him just said that. He, him just said, don't go into those quiet rooms with an aggressive sense. <laughs> In stressful situations that they don't consent to, right? And we, right. there are um, right wing infiltrators who are trying to get in here, but it's going to be really true. Right wing infiltrators with their Nazi cologne. They want to. It's like a concentration camp for your nose. Dramatic for people if we're not making an affirmative effort to de-escalate each other and de-escalate ourselves, <laughs> right? Take a deep breath. 
Oh, I feel better. Oh, I just took a deep breath. Oh, the scent is so aggressive. Oh my god. I think I think this guy over here just farted. Oh, the the scent's so aggressive. I'm so triggered. My nose is triggered. My nose feel like feels like it's getting on a, a train car for Auschwitz. Before you say anything, don't really talk to anybody who doesn't have a creten- credential, especially if you claim to be from the press. You have no idea who that person is. Please, Snitch bitches. Please do not talk to anybody who identifies. Snitches don't get stitches, but I will, I will wave my motherfucking finger at you, son. You have no idea. <laughs> I will wave my finger at you in such an aggressive manner. You'll be like, oh my God, look at how aggressively he's waving his finger at me. That's right. Scare those motherfuckers. Get them in line, son. ...themselves as a member of the press without having uh, credentials. Um, don't talk to cops. Don't talk to MAGA assholes. Oh, we're almost there. Just... Uh-oh. Oh, some people made noises. Cut that shit. You fucking noisemakers. Cut that shit. Sensory overload, bro. Uh, this, but thank you. Um... We are going to be visited tomorrow um, by some MAGA protesters. Um, is there anybody here who's done abortion clinic escort work? By all means, don't talk to cops if there are cops there for any reason at all, right? Um, and if you do see someone talking to cops, right. uh, let the marshals know. Um, we are... The marshals? The Democratic Socialist Party marshals? If they're... <laughs> they're sweet. Is that their security squad? <laughs> the marshals. <laughs> Fuck. Ah, don't don't make me call the marshals. Oh. Oh. You think sensory overload is bad? What do you think about a stern talking to in a, in a in a in a small space? Um oh, fucking people are texting me. Trying to fucking work here. Making fun of people. <laughs> this next guy. They keep saying he's clumsy. All the news stories I've seen is talking about how clumsy this guy is. Even this this Inside Edition thing is 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 titled "Is this the clutziest burglar ever?" Clumsiness is not this guy's problem. Clearly, clearly, judge for yourself. A clutzy crook has Columbus cops cracking up. See, clutzy, clutzy. Is this guy clutzy? Watch this guy's behavior and you tell me what you think this guy is. Police in the Ohio City have dubbed this thief the Bobcat Burglar. Bobcat allegedly tried to break into a Dollar General store one night this summer and was not impressing anybody with their criminal skills. First, the mastermind tried to break a glass door using a cinder block. That didn't work. Once more, and the block breaks. Doors are hard. Then, for some reason, they climbed up a rack of merchandise and there it goes, crash, ouch. Ultimately, the bumbling burglar got inside the store, but things did not get any easier for them. Past experience might suggest that it's not a great idea to climb up that display. You can probably guess how this is going to go. Try it again? Sure, what do you have to lose? Ultimately, the Bobcat burglar took alcohol, food, cigarettes, and electronics from the store. Columbus police are asking anybody with information about that incident to contact them. For InsideEdition.com, I'm Stephanie Officer.
Okay, so you saw that. You saw what I saw. Clumsiness does not explain most of that. It does not explain why he thought it was a good idea to get up on a grocery cart. It does not explain what was so important to him that he's climbing fucking on top of a, mo- a grocery cart on wheels and trying to climb displays. That's not clumsiness. That's called being higher than a motherfucker. If you guessed he was higher than a motherfucker, you win. That's not clumsiness. Clumsiness doesn't have you uh, robbing the fucking jo- the Dollar General for an hour and climbing on shit. Climbing on a grocery cart and then you fall off and you climb on it again. Just doing dumb shit after dumb shit. That's not being clumsy. This guy was on some hardcore shit. Bath salts, PCP. I don't fucking know. It's like, oh, they're like, oh, do-do-do. Look at this clumsy guy. He's climbing on a grocery cart in the middle of a fucking Dollar General he just broke into in the middle of the night. He's, he's what a wacky character he is. <laughs> Look at the shenanigans and the tomfoolery this guy's getting up to at the Dollar General. No, he's fucking out of his head. Drugged. He's drugged. I don't know what other word to use for. He's fucking drugged. He probably drugged himself. I'm not implying that he was roofied. He drugged himself. And at some point, he was like, this is a great fucking idea. I'm going to get in this Dollar General. It's going to take me forever. I'm, I don't know what I'm going to steal. I'm going to climb on some shit and fall off of it. It's going to be the best. The best fucking time. I mean, Jesus Christ. Clumsy. He's fucked up. Stone Dragon 99 in terms of drugs. Yeah. Drugs, man. Drugs, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this, this wacky dude. Look at this. Look, Look at what he's getting into. It's like a sitcom. It's like a fucking episode of Seinfeld to these people. This guy is on a major amount of drugs. <laughs> it's like it's like the no. It's like the soup Nazi episode of the of Seinfeld. Anyway, we got more shit coming up. Just one more story, really, uh, about a baby locked in a hot, hot car. And apparently that's, I don't know, apparently that's a thing that a lot of people do, and we're not supposed to, like, fucking judge them for it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. Anyway, Stoner Jesus Show, Chapter 3, Verse 2. Check us out at stonerjesus.net. Live, of course, on Periscope and Twitter, at stonerjesus420. Stay tuned. Bitch holes. The Stoner Jesus Show on CannabisRadio.com. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com Hello, everybody. Stoner Jesus here. I believe we have a special caller on the line. He is a Malaysian airline pilot, and he's a captain. I don't know what captain means over there, but uh, it says his name is Captain Johnny. So I believe it's some kind of pseudonym because I don't think that uh, there's many Johnnies in Malaysia. 
Uh, be that as it may, he is, it probably doesn't want his, his uh, identity known. We do have a caller on the line. I believe he's flying a Malaysian airliner right now, and he has a very special message for those of you out there who are uh, maybe a little scared to fly a Malaysian airliner due to the uh, recent tragedies over the last few months. Uh, so let's see if we got him. Uh, Captain Johnny, are you there? Uh, yes, yes, Donor Jesus. Uh, thank you for allowing me to yes, be calling yes, you. Thank you for, for being on the show. I, yes, uh, yes. I understand uh, that you're, you're up there. You're flying right now. Is that right? Yes, yes, I am flying right now. It's very, uh, very beautiful night. We're going from uh, Amsterdam back to uh, the Malaysia. So basically, your your uh, your your message is to the people that Malaysian airlines are very safe. Yes, yes. Uh, these last couple crashes weren't weren't that um, you know the missing plane and, and the missile thing. It really can't color uh, people's uh, expectations of Malaysian airlines. You have very, yes, very yes. safe planes. Is that correct? Yes, that is right, Stoner Jesus. The the, the, the plane, the, the 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 missile and the missing plane are very much anomalies. Malaysian Airlines is very, very safe. You must uh, comply with us. We fly you all over the world. And oh, oh, oh uh, Captain Johnny, what's that? Uh, oh no! What's that noise? Oh no! What is that? Oh, we're losing altitude. We're losing altitude. Oh hey, my God! Captain Johnny, can you oh my God! Hang on that right? stupid right? phone. Oh my God! We're going to die. Oh my God! We're going to die. Oh. Is he gone? Is he gone? Oh well, that didn't end well. Well, shit. I guess it kind of takes away from his whole uh, the whole thing he was trying to get across there that uh, Malaysian Airlines are are very safe. It's a shame. Hopefully, uh, Captain Johnny uh, can call back if uh, if he's still alive and you know five or ten seconds or you know whatever it takes for a plane to plummet out of the air and crash. So our thoughts and prayers are with uh, with Captain Johnny uh, of Malaysian Airlines. I'm gonna go back to what I said before. I wouldn't fly Malaysian Airlines. This hasn't helped. In fact, this has made it maybe more convinced that I'm not going to fly on Malaysia Airlines. It's a real shame. It was, uh, we knew him so sh so uh, so short a time. I guess uh, R.I.P. Captain Johnny. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Mondays on demand, only on CannabisRadio.com. Are you ready to be inspired and educated by the best of the best in the cannabis industry while enjoying sunny South Florida? Then you cannot miss out on the second annual United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, August 2nd and 3rd at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. The USCC Expo welcomes all cannabis business professionals, medical cannabis caregivers and clinicians, growers and dispensary owners to join us for another can't-miss event. Sponsored by the radio and podcast leader for all things cannabis, CannabisRadio.com. Learn more at usccexpo.com. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches, allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. The following CannabisRadio.com program contains explicit language and content that can be considered graphic and offensive. 
This program is not suitable for all audiences, and the opinions expressed do not reflect those of CannabisRadio.com, its staff, management, or sponsors. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, Stern Jesus Show Live, Chapter 3, Verse 2. We're live on Periscope and Twitter at Stern Jesus 420. All information on the show, <clears throat> excuse me, can be found at stonerjesus.net. Social media links and more. All kinds of crazy shenanigans going on there as well. That's right. You just have no idea what we're up to. Anyway. Apparently a new thing is uh, you leave your baby in a hot car and if it dies, then we should be like forgiving of that because, you know, it's being a parent's like really hard and it's hard to remember your kid in the back of a hot car. And I've even seen people say that, well, maybe you should put something important in the backseat of your car so you might remember your kid better. As if the kid itself was not important enough. Anyway, here's a video of some broad who locked her kid and her keys in her car on a hot day, and these are the decisions that proceed to happen. It's happened again. Another child is locked inside a hot car. This time, the mom realized right away that her 10-month-old daughter was trapped inside. The problem is she accidentally locked the keys inside, too. Jim Murray tells us what happened next. It's a race against the clock to save a baby trapped inside that car. The child. A race against the clock. Remember those words. A race against the clock. In distress. Mom is desperate. The door is locked. Desperate. Her keys are inside the car. And so is her 10-month-old daughter, Maddie. Christina Tuppert called OnStar, but her account had expired, so the company had no way of unlocking the car via satellite. Ten minutes into the drama, it gets worse. The air conditioner automatically shut down. Okay, so if the first 10 minutes, at least the air conditioner is on, things are cool. Maybe not time to panic yet. Help is on the way. Everything's going to be good. It just turned off. How did this happen? Christina's keyless ignition works with a key fob like this. When the car is parked and locked, the engine is designed to automatically turn off as a safety precaution to prevent carbon monoxide poisoning. But in Baby Maddie's situation, when the car turned off, it also turned off the air conditioning. Police in Stewart, Florida called a tow truck to unlock the door. Called a tow truck. Tow truck operators just now finding out there's a kid in there. Another 10 minutes go by. Another 10 minutes go by since the air conditioner is off. This guy's still jimmying with the fucking window. And they still can't get the door open. Can't get the door open. Child's in distress. The officer tries OnStar one more time. They make a phone call. This guy's jimmying with the window. The cops are on the phone. They're unable to lock it, which they already told this fucking broad. You have no way to do it. No. He bashes the window with his baton. There you go. Holy crap. How many minutes was it that this fucking kid was suffocating? You know, in a hot car, after the air conditioner goes off, how quickly it gets hot. So you know how hot it is after 10 fucking minutes. He's making phone calls or fucking with the window, and just now he thinks, well, maybe, just maybe, I should bust this fucking window open. 
before this child suffocates. Nothing. At last, a good Samaritan runs over with a hammer, and that does the trick. Wait a minute. A, hold on. A cop's baton can't bust a car window? Is that what they're beating people with? I think I can, I can handle that. If it can't bust a fucking car window, I think I'm, I'll be good. Might have some bruises. But yeah, you want to beat me with that baton? Okay. Apparently it is made of fucking Nerf. It's a, a Nerf baton. At least I can't do it. I can't get the I can't get it open with my Nerf baton. You okay? Thank you guys so so much. You much better now the air's working? And here's little Maddie today, happy and fully recovered. AKA still alive. I thought that I was going to lose my daughter. Christina and her husband Matt say they want to share their terrifying experience to warn yeah, so other parents. Be consciously aware of what you're doing with your key fobs. You can lock your keys inside of it when the car's on. They've now in be consciously aware of where your children are. How about that? Holy shit. People like it's so it's such a big fucking deal to know where your kid is. Your 10-month-old baby. Where's my kid? Oh, I don't know. In the car, I guess. No, that's fucking... That's basic shit. You know the location of your child, for fuck's sake. ...installed a special tool under their car, which uses a spring-loaded spike to instantly shatter windows. I think it's important that every family has one idea. of these on their car somewhere. So yeah. Well, I mean, if you live in a bad neighborhood, I think it's going to invite some... Uh, <laughs> some... Uh, uh, I don't know, some illicit elements, if you will. No matter where you're at, what the situation is, you always have a way to get into the car. Good advice, so this never happens to you. And you can get one of those emergency escape tools online for just $10. A small price to pay, considering last year a record number of 53 children died after being left in hot vehicles. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I still believe that you're... Knowing where your kid is, not locking your kid in a car is basic shit. Especially the ones that are like, oh, well, they, the guy who left his kid in this car all day while he worked. And people are supposed to be like, well, maybe he needs to be, he needs uh, forgiveness. He needs forgiveness because, uh, you know, he's, he's racked with guilt or whatever. I mean, if you're so preoccupied with shit that you forget your kid and it dies in a car... You made some bad decisions along the way. Your priorities are fucked up because number one should be my kid's still alive. That's the first slot. See, I'm one of those people that does like priorities in order and it fucking pisses me off. And like there's a list of priorities and we're talking about number one and some other motherfuckers are talking about number seven. No, no. Number one. We do one. Then we go to two. If that seems OCD to you or, or, or too rigid of a system, well, too fucking bad. That's how kids get left in fucking cars. Because number one, is my goddamn kid still alive? Didn't take care of number one, left in the car all day, now it's dead. So whatever time I spent on priorities two through twenty was a fucking waste of time. They would have been better spent uh, with my fucking kid. Anyway. That's the note we'll go out on. I used to do the end of the show myself, and of course, as you know, Cardi B is a fountain of wisdom, so now this is the clip we play at the end of every show, is Cardi B giving you all of her wisdom. 
Check us out at sternjesus.net. Turn on your notifications for Periscope at sternjesus420 so you know. The next time we are live, thanks everybody. Go check out my other shows. I do lots. Fucking doing shit all the time. All my social media and such is at sternjesus.net. Check us out at cannabisradio.com as well. iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, places like that. Wherever your fine podcasts are sold. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. And as always, peace, bitches. Y'all motherfuckers going around showing this fucking picture. Now y'all photoshopping it even more. Like, oh, Cardi pussy, Cardi pussy. First of all, that ain't my pussy. My pussy right here. This is where I birthed my daughter from. This right here, the part that shows, you know, when I go like this, that's just my ass. You know when you got a fat ass? That shit gets fat right there. This part right here, this is the part that gives the dick comfort. You know what I'm saying? This is the part that, like, when you go like this in and out, that's what this nigga feel. That's that's my ass. You know what I'm saying? Y'all want to look at my pussy so bad, y'all should have went see me when I was a motherfucking stripper and I was promoting myself. Like, come see me. Now, too bad. <laughs>